Hey, it's Chris. Welcome to the podcast. There's a few interesting things to talk about this week. Uh, we're going to talk, I think the main meat of this podcast is going to be talking about the iPhone 14 event. There's some rumors coming up. We kind of have an idea of what the date's going to be, what it's going to look like. Also want to do a follow-up to the latest video. Want to talk a little bit about my Sony headphones that I've been checking out, but also just uh, kind of, uh, you know, some interesting like what's going on with Chris news. I ran into some really interesting people this week. Um, out of the blue, I happened to look for online like a, an interesting philosophy meetup type of group that I could go hang out. I'm really into like philosophy and stuff. I don't know if you realize that. So I looked online and I found a meetup on meetup.com uh, locally where some people were talking about philosophy, religion, science. And I was like, you know, I'm going to check this out. I was at a coffee shop. So that's a good way to draw me in, right? And uh, I got there, and there was just this one guy, and uh, he had uh, a sign, and uh, it said meetup. And I went and got myself a water, because this was at like 7 at night. It was way too late for caffeine for me. And I popped back over, and uh, you know, I think you're supposed to, it's polite to like register on meetup uh, to let people know you're coming. And I didn't do that, because I didn't want to create an account. Uh, and I was like, hey, and he was like, hey? And uh, anyways, like, you're welcome to hang out. And, and another guy showed up. And it was one of uh, the most fun things I've done in a really, really, really long time. Really loved hanging out with these two. And we really did talk about all kinds of things in about an hour and a half, uh, from philosophy to religion to science. Uh, it was great. And so that might be something uh, that I do a little bit more of. Um, it's it's fun if you, if you don't get out uh, and you know, do something different from your normal routine. It's like, look what you're missing out on, right? Uh, I don't know if you guys realize this. I'm looking at my Transistor dashboard. That's uh, the the place that hosts the podcast here, Transistor.fm. And uh, we've had 291,000 all-time downloads here. If this was a YouTube video, that'd be <laughs> collectively as a podcast, it'd be like a decent video. It also tells me we've been at this for three years. So that's uh, interesting. It's interesting to think of because it's, you know, it seems like I just started this thing maybe like a year ago, really in my head. That's what it seems like. But wow, three years. And uh, we've got a global audience here of people are listening to this in 150 different countries. So yeah, um, man, I guess we're still cruising along here. Let me say, I don't know if anybody realized this in the last two videos, but I've added a new camera angle to the setup. So if I'm talking about something that requires a multi-camera setup, so not just informational stuff that I'm going to overlay some B-roll on. Uh, you know, I've got several cameras. I can do like a five or six camera setup, you know, if I feel like it needs to be done. Um, but lately, I've added a... a I'm try so when I say I've added this new camera angle, I, what I mean is I'm trying out... I've moved the camera to a new place where it's never been before, one of the cameras. And instead of like an over-the-shoulder shot, which I've done a lot of... I did like an over the head, like directly centered over the head shot. And I didn't know if I could pull this off, which is why I probably never did it because it takes a lot of tweaking. You're like, ah, you know, if you've ever done any work with a C stand, it's kind of like this big stand that you can mount your camera on, kind of like a big uh, upside down capital L. And uh, you get some sandbags to weight it down so your camera doesn't come crashing down. And then you can kind of position the arm wherever. I've got a bunch of those around the studio, but I moved one. Um, so obviously I can't have it right behind me or, or it would be in my main angle. So it's off to the side and it just stretched just enough to be like right over my head and I tilted the camera down and it is kind of neat. It gave me like a, almost like a Chris eye view for the viewer, for the audience of what, what the action is, what's going on on the desk. So 
Um, that was interesting. I, I might keep that at least for a while because, uh, it seems like it's a valuable angle, like a, a fun, different angle. I haven't really seen anybody else doing an angle like that. So see if you notice that in the last two videos or maybe in, in the videos that are coming up. I probably should talk a little bit about the latest video because I said that I would in that video here on the podcast. So it was uh, the iPad versus Supernote video. Uh, it was about the best handwritten notes tablet. Um, and so if you don't know what the Supernote is, if you missed the video or uh, you know, just haven't seen it. It's uh, it's like an e-ink tablet that's just dedicated to writing. That's what it's about. And, uh, you know, it's not meant to have apps and do, you know, everything. It's not an all-in-one tablet like the iPad. It's just really for writing. And actually, it's surprisingly really good for writing, really cool. And so that was a fun video to make, something different to do. I know the audience likes iPad stuff. I didn't know how this one was going to do in terms of uh, views. And it's actually a 9 out of 10 here. So, um, it's doing like 14,000 views so far, which for this channel, for a channel this size is pretty bad, but I don't regret making it, uh, because I think it was valuable. And it, sometimes, you know, these videos go on to be what we refer to as evergreen and they do better over time. Sometimes you get this big burst of views immediately. And, uh, that's what everyone always thinks about, you know, when they think about video success, but, uh, that's usually very short lived. And then if a video goes on to get, you know, 500 views every two days, you know, uh, so 250 views a day or something over a really long period of time that adds up more than the, that initial spike of uh, videos. And especially when you have a big library of content built up, you know, that all adds up. And uh, I know school's coming up and people are going to be interested, uh, you know, for, for getting their tech here, uh, settled for what are they going to do for college, especially in, in terms of the note taking department. So anyways, I, I think I, you know, it is what it is. I, I had fun making it though. It was really fun exploring this thing. I'm keeping it around because it's just fun to use. So just responding to some of the comments, somebody said, have you ever done a video like this with the Remarkable tablet? I haven't. I've never touched a Remarkable, but what made this a little bit more interesting, which by the way, if you don't know what the Remarkable is, it's a very similar tablet. It's just an e-ink tablet. But what made this more interesting to me is that uh, I had somebody else that I know recently say that their uh, office got them a Remarkable tablet and that's what they use at the office all day for stuff. And and uh, they seem to really like it. I've had a few people comment that said uh, that they have both and they like them both. Like this one person says, um, they have it, the Supernote, because of eye comfort issues. And they would use their iPad, but it's really just not as comfortable on their eyes. Yeah, uh, there you go. It, it, you know, there's a market for this, obviously. Not as big of a market as the iPad, but Al is back. He's saying, been so curious about the e-ink pads and as usual chris makes me want to open up my wallet <laughs> it's dangerous to, to watch the channel isn't it oh and he bit the bullet and he ordered one i hope you like it it's uh it's definitely different but uh like i said it's fun i keep using the word fun that's what it is it's really fun somebody else says one thing one place i guess where the e-ink really shines is outdoors it looks brighter and i think that's true because it's really more like paper like it's being lit by the natural light there's not like glare so much and you don't have to worry about brightness. That's true. A lot of people are saying it seems interesting, but for the price, they're just going to go with an iPad for that price, which I understand. Somebody uh, had an interesting comment and they were like, honestly, the iPad could kill it by having the note taking like a note taking mode that turns it grayscale, uh, turns off all the distractions and then have uh, a super battery mode that helps it. So this is interesting. Um, somebody said, you can create a shortcut to do all of that, basically. Turn it to grayscale, uh, filter out the color, do low power mode, and turn on focus mode. Very interesting uh, concept there. 
basically turn your iPad into this thing in a way. Still, they do write very differently. And I part of what I really like about the Remarkable, or sorry, I haven't tried the Remarkable, the Super Note is the pen, that, that pen experience. It's a, that's a big part of it. It, it is how it writes, you know, and uh, the e-ink is a little bit um, more jaggy, if I can say that. Uh, but that pen experience, it's so smooth and uh, it's nice. It's really nice to write with. Um, I'm happy to see a comment that says that this person has both and that Chris really nails the strengths and weaknesses here. I'm glad that they feel that way because, uh, you know, this is a new category of device to me. And honestly, I haven't messed around with it all that much. And so uh, it, it's good feedback there. I, hopefully I didn't miss out on too much with the experience. So long story short, um, I'm still gonna use this thing. And uh, in fact, some of the family's been using it too. It's it's uh, a cool thing. It's not for everybody, but uh, for me, I'm almost finding that it's like, it's like a digital notepad where I can put stuff that I don't necessarily, since I do have an iPad already, right? Otherwise I might use it very differently. It's like where I can put stuff that's gonna be more temporary, you know, just like a scratch pad kind of, which is probably not a good use case for it. <laughs> but that may end up how it gets, you. That, that may be how I use it for a little bit here. I do wanna just briefly mention, uh, the Sony sent me over their new uh, ANC headphones over the ear, active noise canceling. These things are really cool. I haven't covered them yet on the channel. They're probably gonna make their way into like an accessories video or something, but uh, they are the, Sony WH-1000, as in 1000XM5, wireless headphones. They've been out for a while. And, uh, you know, so like some of the pros here would be they have excellent noise cancellation, really top-notch. In fact, if if you put these up against Bose or, or Apple's, it's hard to pick, honestly, between them. They're, they're just all like really, really good. But these are great. Really good sound. The performance is just awesome. They should be for the price. These are kind of like the top tier model. They have some smart ambient features. That could be a pro or a con. Um, this is kind of like a lot of Sony uh, headphones and earbuds these days. They have this voice feature. So if you start talking, then it pauses your music or whatever you're listening to automatically. And that's kind of cool. It's kind of interesting because then you can have your conversation and then you wait a little bit. It seems like you have to wait almost too long and then it resumes and you can turn that off. That I don't really love, uh, but I do love on these, if you just uh, tap and hold on the side, um, continue to hold on the side, it will just uh, put it into ambient mode. So you can have a conversation with somebody, you'll pause, it, you can hear what's going on, and as soon as you take your hands off, then it will resume and, and put the noise canceling back on. That's really cool. So you can just break out of that noise canceling bubble just very temporarily and get right back into it. I really like that. That's not something I can do with my AirPods Max, for instance. A lot of people have been saying, hey, the design is less portable on these than the previous model because um, they don't fold. I couldn't care less about that, honestly. I'm using these mostly uh, around the desk and you know, were I to take them on a plane or something, hey, my AirPods Max that I bring with me anyways, those are pretty huge anyways, right? They come in a big honking case that uh, takes up a bunch of room in my backpack or whatever anyways. Uh, that's not really a huge deal for me. What I do love and what I don't see enough people talking about is just how light these are. The second I took them out of the box, I couldn't believe it. They were so light. When people talk about like feather stuff, you know, like Apple's uh, advertising the MacBook Air with like feathers and stuff. And then you take it out of the box expecting it to be like a feather. And it's actually heavier than you expect because of the marketing. 
made it seem like that. These are lighter than I ever would have suspected, which is great because you don't want to get that fatigue when you have these headphones on your head and you're just kind of hanging out. You got them on for a long time. Like for me, I'm wearing them for hours at a time. So that is a huge, 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 huge plus for me. And I was just talking to somebody the other day and they're like, I want some noise canceling headphones. They're like, what What can you recommend? I was like, well, here, here's a few different things. And then later I was like, hey, did you get any? And they're like, no, because I forgot, you know, like when I have over the ear headphones, they just don't feel good, you know? And I was like, you got to try these. I, I see people saying like, they don't have water resistance and they're more expensive than previous models and they're not a huge upgrade over the 1000 XM4s. So that's just like anything, right? The iPhone 14 is probably not gonna be a huge upgrade over the 13. You gotta kind of wait at least two years for that. Well, it's probably the same thing here. If you have the exact previous model, unless it's like totally worn out, probably don't need it. But if you're in the market, um, this is a very, 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 almost not even a real review, just kind of a recommendation. I have loved these XM5s. They are lacking some of the Apple ecosystem features like, you know, switching between devices really easily and stuff. And I do miss that when I'm using them, but I've been reaching for them a lot because, ooh, they just sound good. And I love it. They're, the, the lightness, they just make these a whole different category of awesome. Okay, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about what's coming up here. So it's rumored now uh, that the iPhone 14 event date is going to be September 7. The rumors also say that Apple is going to open up pre-orders on September 9 with the first orders arriving September 16. So just, you know, you could have a brand new iPhone in your hands in less than 30 days. What's weird about um, what people are saying here is that even though WWDC was in person, Apple's looking at going back to just a streaming event. So maybe no in-person uh, gathering this time. I guess uh, just reading from 9to5Mac here, it says, according to a report, some Apple retail employees have been told to prepare for a major new product release on September 16. The event to announce the iPhone 14 is expected to be virtual. It's possible some members of the press are invited for hands-on opportunities and private briefings. So if that's the case, who knows if I would get invited or not. It's always hit and miss, it seems like. Now, this would fall on a Wednesday, I guess, and the article is saying that's rare, but it's not unheard of because this year kind of makes sense here in the US Monday is a holiday and with the September 7 date you could get the invitations out on like September 1st. So we'll probably know more about this here pretty quickly. What models are expected? Uh kind of what you probably would expect if you follow this closely. iPhone 14, iPhone 14 Max, iPhone 14 Pro and iPhone 14 Pro Max. No mini uh this year. Instead, you're looking at probably two devices with 6.1 inch screens and two with 6.7 inch screens. And uh, you know, as I'm just starting to think through what do I wanna personally order, this year I've gone with the 13 Pro, which is not the huge enormous Max. I've had the huge enormous you know, Max in the past. And you always hear me say, always seems greener on the other side. The grass is always greener on the other side. And I often like switch off uh, from the huge to the little, huge to the little. Um, I don't know, I've really liked this size this year. And I guess the one place where, now that I've had it for coming up on a year here, that uh, I could probably have some improvement would be that battery life. And that's the one thing probably that makes me, it's not the screen size really, it's just the battery life that would make me reconsider maybe going back to the max. I don't know how that syncs up with your experience this year. If you've been looking at some of the renders of you know the rumors put into a render, 
it looks like we might have some kind of a notch slash pill design, uh, which is like <laughs> some of the notch evaporates to just leave kind of a pill shape. That's what that's kind of like. Uh, even if the notch totally disappeared, not huge news, really, because the rest of the industry had no notch for quite a long time, right? There's plenty of phones that don't have that. And like many previous years, the cameras are likely to be some of the major focus in terms of what all the hoopla is going to be about. And that's always fun, but it's also like, that's it, you know? And, and then the marketing is going to come out and make you think like, oh, there's some major thing. And then you think about it later, it's like, oh, well, the cameras got updated. Looks pretty similar, you know? Still, if it's the thing that you're bringing around with you all the time, it is fun to have that be better. What might be even more interesting, though, would be the new Apple Watch Series 8, which could have like a new pro model, which could be really expensive, almost $1,000. I've been without the Apple Watch for a while here because uh, I've, I've told you why many times. So I'm kind of looking forward to getting my hands on that, uh, testing out that new thing. Coincidentally, we've been kind of talking to a new sponsor uh, about do doing some new kind of content on the channel and this is something that could even see the light of day in September. In fact, that's not a coincidence. A lot of people come to us and are like, Hey, you know, the Apple events coming up, you know, what can we get in on? And it's like, Oh, Hey, you know, well this, we've been talking to this other brand for months ago, you know, they kind of reserved that date and, but uh, we can see about fitting you in. But anyways, everyone always wants to get in around those certain dates. It could be a, a really interesting thing that's developing um, with this potential partner. Uh, because it could see daily tech getting our hands on more and better devices more often. It would just uh, potentially make for some more interesting content. We're kind of thinking about doing uh, a bit of an experiment. And this actually comes from a meeting that I had out in WWDC when I was out there, I ran into somebody interesting and uh, they referred me to some of their colleagues and we kind of got talking and I shot them a proposal. So this sort of originated with me. Lo and behold, though, the people at the company are like, hey, we were making a list of people that we wanted to work with, and you were already on that list, which was kind of funny. You know, I think uh, there's a lot of room for features that we've already known about and liked in other devices, like center stage, for instance, coming to the iPhone. That's been on iPads for a long time. That would be a great addition. Not necessarily like mind-blowing because we already know about it, but I think there's a lot of room for kind of lateral moves for features to kind of jump uh, across different devices, and that, that is good. Of course, this is uh, uh, could be an interesting year in terms of we may see um, a processor split. Instead of what Apple's done in the past is have the same processor powering basically all the whole new lineup, like all the, the iPhone 13 lineup, whether it's Pro or not. This year, uh, it sounds like the rumors are pointing to maybe the top-end models are going to get the newest chip uh, and that will be a big differentiator and maybe even increase the price by a hundred extra dollars. So that would be interesting because it would be different and it kind of makes sense in a way. I know people don't like that. People, people tend to think with Apple, uh, stuff, you know, like, well, give me all the best stuff, no matter what, at a really cheap price. But that doesn't sound like you're describing Apple at all already, does it? <laughs> a big question mark is, are we going to see anything interesting on the iPad front? Because iPad stuff often pops up during the September event. So in terms of entry-level iPad stuff, I, I think that's possible to see here for sure because we're looking at the 10th generation iPad. And by the way, I was just going back and looking at the very first time that uh, Steve Jobs announced an iPad. I, I've watched that video several times. It's really interesting. 
um, watching him try to position what the iPad is supposed to do versus back then everyone was talking about netbooks and uh, how it was going to live in between you know, a phone and a Mac and how it needed to justify its existence in there and what it was going to be good at. It's a really interesting video if you go look that up. But the base level iPad could finally catch up in terms of design to kind of share some of the design language that iPads have had here. In the higher end iPads have had here for a while, which would be good because it's looking really long in the tooth. On the iPad Pro side of things, I don't know that you'd get anything super exciting other than maybe sticking an M2 in there instead of the M1. If it got anything else, I mean, that'd be cool, but I think that's the obvious thing that we could see. Some people have been saying you might see wireless charging via MagSafe for the iPad Pro. I'm trying to picture how that would work. Good. How it would look. Maybe that'd be great. I mean, wireless charging, I mean, that, that sounds cool. I don't know how they make it work, but if they do, that'd be interesting. Uh, people are talking about mini led finally making its way to the 11 inch. Cause it was only on the 12 inch. That'd be interesting. Again, not a seismic change because it's already existed in the iPad lineup. One thing I have heard that sounds like it's going to make some people fairly unhappy <laughs> and that could include me too, uh, is that maybe Apple's going to switch up the smart connector so that your current accessories that use the pin design are going to have to switch to the four pin design instead of three pin design that, that is there now. So think of like your magic keyboard. Those are expensive. If you had to upgrade that, that wouldn't be super fun, right? And who knows? Maybe in terms of hardware, you can see some uh, AirPods Pro 2, some new version of AirPods Max, maybe even some Mac stuff too. Who knows? I doubt anything in terms of the AR headset, the VR headset, but uh, that's supposedly all coming in 2023 but who knows so it's coming up um and it's gonna be a good time uh for sure it's always nice to have some new things to think about and to talk about and so yeah that keeps the channel uh interesting i will just put a, a quick little plug in here because i feel like uh i i should it was today that i uploaded it I just uploaded uh 10 new wallpaper packs uh to the store so it's all linked up in the description you want to check them out my favorites are probably the bonsai pack which is just like what it sounds like. Really like that. Um, there's one called Dark Matter, which is really cool. Really liking that one. There's a little bit more of uh, some wallpapers that have the cyberpunk flavor because that one was really popular, the one that we did that you know, last time. Um, they're, they're fun to explore, just if you go look at them. Uh, so, yep, yeah, that's all linked up. And thanks for hanging out. And I'll catch you guys in the next video. Later.